fundamentally just understanding why video creators need music in their productions. It is to help move the picture along. That's the reason. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I am really excited to be here with Keatley Haldeman, who's a new friend. And you know, I was making a list of, because usually when I introduce people, I, you know, I point out like three or four things. We have some amazing people that, that we interview, but with Keatley, like, I had to be super selective because there's like a billion <laughs> things that, that I could mention here that you guys would recognize, and it's insane. Um, so for a few of them are, so he's the CEO of uh, Riptide Music, and they're one of the biggest players right now in terms of getting your, your music license to sync in TV and film. Had over $50 million in sync placements, represented major artists like Major Lazer, Oasis, Ziggy Marley, Black Flag, Leonard Skinnerd, The Lumineers, Vanessa Carlton. Um, I would walk a thousand miles if I could just speak to Keatley, but in fact, we have Zoom, so we don't need to actually do that. I just came up with that on the spot too. Is that impressive or what? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, so, you know, so they've also gotten the music placed on video games like FIFA, Madden, Tony Hawk. If you're a, a geek like me, then you know those are massive video games. Um, music placed on movie trailers like Star Wars, Avengers, TV shows, Grey's Anatomy, Pretty Little Liars, Mad Men, 24, Orange is the New Black, Breaking Bad, Fargo, and worked with businesses like Apple, Pepsi, Nintendo, Facebook, BMW, American Express, Lexus. So in a nutshell, like, you know, massive, uh, massive success with TV sync licensing to, to video games, TV, film. And so today, we're really going to zero in on you for you as an independent artist. What are the best ways that you can you know, develop relationships and that you can get your music synced to TV, film? And uh, what are some best practices so you can be successful in that realm? And Keatley has a ton of experience and wisdom to share with you. So uh, Keatley, that was, that was a big introduction because there's so many things that we were able to mention. But um, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm here in uh, Joshua Tree, which is not normally where I am. So outside, there's a little bit of wind. It's very beautiful out. So if you hear wind and you hear dogs in the background, that's what's going on. Yep. Yep. I know. So he mentioned that, you know, he's on a, a trip right now and, and traveling. And so um, I'm, I'm really grateful that we were able to just find a time to, to do this, but you know, we'll make our way around the the wind and the noise. And if we need to, I've got like piano background music that we can use to, to make transitions. <laughs> there um, you go. So I'd love to start off by just hearing a little bit about your story and how you got started with Riptide and this this career with licensing. Yeah, so uh, you know I was in bands since I was 11 years old. Started playing music when I was five, piano, then drums at seven, picked up guitar at, at 12, um, and then I was in rock bands all the way from about 11 years old till my late 20s. And it was always the thing that I was doing with my buddies and loved it. Um, so, you know, I never really thought I could make a career in music that was not on my radar at all. My, my parents, uh, encouraged me to, to, you know, have a real profession, a real job, be a doctor or a lawyer or businessman or 
engineer. Those are sort of the options that were available to me. So I chose engineer because I was good at math and I like robots. I thought battle bots were really cool. So uh, I decided to go to, to uh, undergrad for electrical engineering and um, uh, robotics specifically. Got into a band while I was there and then another band and then another band. So, you know, that was always my, my, my thing. Uh, realized fairly quickly I did not like the uh, robotic side of things. Um, it was, was not nearly as interesting as I was hoping for. So I, I found myself in um, signal processing, which was, you know, still audio, audio engineering focus. So able to marry my love of music and, and still get a quote unquote real job on, on the engineering side. Then I, I applied to grad school, decided to take a year off to play with my band. So that was a, a year we all moved into a house in Orange County, California. That's where I'm from. And we just made music day and night and really tried to make it to see what we could do. Uh, at the end of that year, uh, I, I didn't make it quite as far as I was hoping as the drummer in a band. So I decided to give up music forever and go to grad school to be an engineer. And that was it. I made this this real conscious decision that, that you know, I, I gave it a shot. Um, it didn't work. That's okay. I, I still feel satisfied with that. But um, when I was in college, my senior year, I, I got into electronic music, making electronic music. So I decided, you know, I'm going to just get a computer and some software, get a DAW and have that as a hobby just to mess around. So I go to grad school, a couple weeks into it, completely panicked. I looked all around and Everybody was was very different for me. You know, I, I, I come from trying to be a rock star for a year. My hair was bleached out, and all these guys were total nerds. Which you know, I say that with love and affection and and, and great respect. Um, but their their passion and joy in life was science and engineering, and and my passion in life was music. So I could tell that you know I, I wasn't going to be competitive with these guys um, once we got through grad school. And actually, I had to go get a job and, and, and live life. And, uh, you know, that, that freaked me out because, I, well, A, I want to make sure that whatever I'm doing in life, I'm passionate about and I, and I enjoy it. Uh, but also I want to make sure that I can, um, excel and, and be great at what I do. And, and I didn't think that I was going to be able to be competitive with them. So, um, I was able to switch into another program that was music science and technology. Um, so still techie, but on the music side. Within that program, though, I, I uh, learned my way around the studio. Uh, they had a studio on campus. Uh, I ended up scoring a digital uh, 3D animated short, three-minute short. That was really my, my first glimpse into music for picture. I didn't know much about that world before then. I really liked it. So I started going on Craigslist and seeing if I could go score some other little shorts and I, I was able to do a couple. And while I was in grad school, it, it, the, this new program was not nearly as rigorous as the engineering program. So I, I had a lot of extra time and I found myself just making electronic music five, six hours a day. So I really got into that. I, you know, I, I honed my chops on, on the production side and um, really enjoyed that. So, you know, more and more, I, I knew I wanted to make music for a living and just be in music. Um, at the end of grad school, would have it that my cousin was producing a feature-length film and she needed someone to do all the sound and the music, music supervision, dialogue editing, everything relating to, to music and audio. And she asked me if I could do it. And my response was, well, I just did a three minute short. So sure, why not? You know, let me, <laughs> let me try it out. You know, this is a, a full feature-length film, almost two hour film. So uh, I had no business doing it, but yeah, this was her first film. She had no business doing her film either. So we, we sort of all figured it out together. Uh, I moved in with her in Venice uh, Beach in, in, in LA, and 
hacked my way through it and made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot in the process. I met a lot of really great people. I think that was probably my, my biggest takeaway from that time was just going out in LA and, you know, I, I met someone who started a music library, I met someone who started the sound effects library, I met a composer, I met a music supervisor, I met a guy who started a record label. And it's like, okay, cool. There, there are all these aspects of the business that I didn't quite understand for, for me just not really um, having researched it, I, I thought the music business was rock star, record label, and then that's it. I didn't know anything about anything else. I didn't really know about music publishing. I didn't really know about the songwriting world. I, I definitely didn't know about the music um, to picture world and all the nuanced different areas in there. Uh, you know, there are composers, but then there are also composer agents and there are, you know, composers who write for libraries. And then there are composers who own the libraries and work with other, you know, work with other composers. So, you know, it, it was really cool to, to see that. And that, that just opened my eyes to what was possible. And so uh, when I was done with uh, the film, I went and moved in with my parents and started a company composing and producing music for TV, film, advertising, and, and video games. And kind of right away when I did that, I started hanging out with all my buddies again and they were they were still playing in the band that I had left as the drummer but things weren't really going well so you know I, and I had made all these tracks when I was in grad school so I'd come home and show them say you know what, what do you think of this and then the singer would say oh this is great you know and hook up the microphone and he'd just start freestyling and then the guitarist would just start jamming away and then you know next thing you know I had five or six songs and they were really good and we thought they were good and and um uh, we, so we got more serious about it. And even though I swore I would never be in a, another band again, I found myself in another band. And so my world then for the next four years or so was, was pretty much split between, um, the business of composing music and, and, and creating content for visual media, uh, and, and playing in the band and, and producing a whole album for the band and really pushing it and trying to tour and, you know, do the whole thing. So. Um, that was that was a very exciting time in my life. I really enjoyed that. Um, I found as it went on, though, that the the band wasn't going um, in the direction that I wanted it to go. It was a whole lot of work, and the the other side of the business was starting to take off. So I decided to move to LA from Orange County, and the band ended. But I, you know, I doubled down on the business side of things. So that that's how I got started. Yeah, and now essentially you guys are working with like the top of the top uh, businesses and movies and TV shows and video games. And what I love about your story too, is that I think that a lot of people who are listening to this right now can probably relate with you. I know I definitely relate with you in the sense that, you know, when you get started or growing up, you kind of have this, this uh, passion for music and it's like in your DNA, you know, like, and you, I know when we met last time, we were talking about, about your, uh, I think it was your son or, or is your daughter who yeah. is like, no, the my, music is just like in, in their yeah, DNA. Yeah. Right? My, my son Liam, he's eight now, and, and he, you know, when he was three or so, I could just see he was, he was frustrated because he had this music in him. He, like, he wanted to be able to speak musical language, whether he's, you know, tapping on a box or he's humming something or he'd sit down at a piano, but he just, he, he, he didn't have the, the technical skills to get it out, but it was just welling within him. And it was right around that time, we actually have a slogan for Riptide, there is music in me. And he was the inspiration for that. Cause I could just see there's this music in this kid. And, and I look at my other son, Ben, who's amazing, but he doesn't have music in him. And it, it's very interesting to see both sides. Like he, he doesn't have those musical ideas that are just, you know, flowing, manifesting within him. And, and Liam does, and I do, and I can see that in you, you know, and I, you know, I see that with the, the creators that we work with. It's just, 
yeah, you've got this like spark. It's, it's like the, the Iron Man, you know, power source that's just like spouting musical ideas out. And, you know, hopefully you can grab them or you can record them or you can get them out in whatever instrument or medium is, is your chosen medium. But, um, you know, these ideas just flow. Yeah, dude, I I love that so much. And just the idea of like, yeah, like like the cha- the channeling of that musical energy through through you. And and I know a lot of people who are listening to this right now probably really relate to this journey of kind of starting out and feeling and having that in them. It's in their DNA. It's in their blood. It's like is is music. And then it can be really challenging, you know, with the the state of the music industry and the people and their surroundings who, you know, maybe are like, you know, get, get a real job or, you know, it's, this isn't a real viable career path. What I love about your story is how I think a lot of people who've experienced that they've tried to do something else. And then they kind of realize, man, like, you know, that's not like my passion. Like I, I want to do something related to music. And what you just shared was a story about, you know, you kind of going through that same journey and then ultimately finding a way to align your passion for music with something and have huge, success doing it as well, uh, which is awesome. And I just think it's really inspiring, uh, inspiring for me and hopefully for everyone that's listening to this right now as well. So, you know, next, next question for you is, I know you have a ton of experience now in this realm, especially with licensing to TV, film, video games, and you probably see a lot of submissions from artists who are, who are you know, looking for opportunities in this world. And you've probably seen a lot of common mistakes and patterns between like, you know, w- what artists are doing. So uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes or biggest challenges that you see when artists first come to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I think the, <laughs> it's going to sound harsh, but um, no, one, no, one, no one needs your music and no one cares about you sort of um, from day one, right? There's, there's mm-hmm. just so much music out there. There's so many artists. There's so many composers. The, the kind of music that's popular today for the most part is music that uh, you know an individual person can make on their own with very limited equipment which which means that a lot of people are doing it which means there's a huge amount of content that's just out there in the world so i I think that's just from a philosophical standpoint understanding um where you sit in the in the grand scheme of things and then your approach stems from from how you feel about things like i i get a lot of people who say i make music in all kinds of different styles please take a listen. That's just, I don't know. That's not, that's not interesting. I don't need music, right? Like I need amazing, extraordinary, unique music. I need music that inspires. I need, you know, I need something that when I hear it and when I send it to people or my team sends it to, to music supervisors, that there's an instant wow factor that this transcends the noise this transcends all the all the you know the okay music out there like i had someone one time say hey my music is pretty good pretty good like pretty good doesn't cut it like it's got to be amazing it's got to be incredible it's got to be just like like a holy shit moment you know and uh, you know and of course it's a fine line between bragging and being overconfident and and just having a true understanding of how great your music is and then you know and then so i guess the second part of that is is understanding is having a a a reality check and doing your homework and you know really hearing how your music compares to other music that might be you know in a similar space um production wise song quality wise lyrically um and and then also you know quality is, is totally a judgment call. You know, it, it could, it could be an amazing song that just doesn't really work well for sync. 
because of a lot of different elements um, that that make it more challenging or, or less opportunities for this kind of music, even though it could be an, a really great song. So I, I think that's it. I think it's it's understanding how to write a message that cuts above the noise and makes me or or anyone who might see 10, I don't know, like the company might see a hundred of these in a week, right? And so that's low compared to what a music supervisor is going to see. A music supervisor might see a thousand unsolicited pitches a week. So why is this music supervisor or, or me or anyone on my team going to take the time to listen to your, you know, click your link and, and, and check it out because no one owes you that, right? Like no one owes someone that we don't know the time and effort. It's, it's your job to present value as quickly as possible so that it's worth the person's time um, that you're sending it to, to, to give it a listen. And then it better be amazing once, once you listen to it, but you know, you got to at least craft the, the pitch email to get to that point. So it's so, so good what you just said. It sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, nowadays um, there's both a blessing and a curse in the sense that there's this huge revolution that happened. We have the ability to record amazing, you know, we have the capability of recording amazing music from a home studio, but because of that, there's so much content, so much noise that you really have to figure out how are you going to cut through the noise and have that wow factor. And the analogy that, that it makes me think of is it's kind of like those memes that you see with the iceberg where it's like it shows like yeah. the iceberg and there's a little tip <laughs> kind of sticking out and then you have everything underneath right. the surface. So it seems like you know there's so much stuff underneath the surface. It's like it's so important to be able to cut through the noise and kind of have that tip of the iceberg um, content. And so for anyone who's listening to this right now, who I mean, a couple a couple of things too. Another, another thing that that you really dug into was how it's really important to focus on delivering value and presenting things in a way that's focused on making it as easy and presentable and valuable for the supervisors and other people as possible, as opposed to just like being entitled and, re- and not having clarity. Like, oh, like, I, like, here's my link, like, listen to this. So a couple of things, like follow-up questions from that. One, like what makes a really great pitch or a really great like if someone's going to deliver music to you let's, let's just imagine I know this isn't always the case but let's imagine that they have that amazing quality music and not just from their own standards but from like you know they have like the song that's like really really good what's like the best way in what are some of the biggest mistakes with those pitches that they make and what are your favorite kind of things to, to receive and what's that process look like sure well so I will say first off it's you know a pitch is always gonna come uh, it be better received from somebody who knows somebody, you know, or, or a referral pitch. That's not always possible, of course. Um, if you don't know anyone who knows me and you're trying to get to me, you know, that's that's not going to work. You know, I tend not to list, to, to check out too many unsolicited uh, emails just because of time issues. Also, you know, you, it, the, there are all kinds of landmines out there with uh, with with rights issues and, and different things. So you do, you know, you, you, you want it to come from a trusted source in some capacity. All that said, I certainly have listened to unsolicited emails. I know everybody else has too. When I was first getting started, uh, I was pitching my band to music supervisors and that's how, how I figured out music for picture and, and, and doing all that. And then I started representing other artists because I was got opportunities to pitch more music than, than what I had available with my own different band. And then everything just kind of grew that way. So, you know, a cold pitch does work for sure. Uh, so step one is know your audience, you know, know who you're sending it to, do your homework, do your research. What does this person 
like personally? Um, what kind of music does this person use or need? Um, you know, in the case of a music supervisor, it's going to be the specific TV shows or video games or ads that they work on and, you know, listen to that music and, and pitch accordingly. Um, for someone like me, Riptide, um, that is working with a lot of different artists, styles of music and all of that, you know, it's a similar thing. There's just a broader uh, potential genre base or, or style of music that, that we might need. But still, check out the other artists that we're working with. What's the caliber of the artist? You know, where do you fit in? What kind of music do we, do, do, you know, does someone specialize in, in something? Check out some of the past placements we've done. Every music company that I can think of, you know, has has some public profile of the um, placements that they've had. So, you know, if you listen to that and then you think your music stacks up or your music fits a certain thing, then use that, you know, have some kind of personal touch in there. Show, show me that you've done your homework. Hey, you know, I could see when you, you when you place this song in this trailer, um, you know, I make music like that. And uh, it's, it, and then describe the music, you know, it's, it's, it's big, epic, you know, hip hop based orchestral electronic hybrid with a rapper and, you know, some epic female vocals. I'm going to open that email if you send that to me, right? Because A, it shows me that you know what we need. That's not that easy to, to get. And if you can do it well, then you're somebody that I'm going to want to talk to. If it's, I make hip hop beats, please listen, which is what <laughs> comes a lot of the time. I don't need more hip hop beats, random hip hop beats. Tell me more about your hip hop beats. They're, they're you know, beast mode hip hop beats that take you through a journey with big rises and drops and perfect for, you know, uh, a video game trailer. Okay, now, now you got my attention. And then if I listen and you're great, okay, you know, maybe, maybe we can have a conversation about that. So I think it's, uh, that's it. It's, it's, it's just, it, it's being more, more specific um, and, and using the right kind of descriptions. You need to know what I wanna hear. That's your job. Do your homework. You can figure it out. You can find it. All, there's public information everywhere. Awesome. Cool. So, so one, you, before you even start reaching out to people, it's super important to do your research and figure out, are they a good fit for like your music style? Are they someone who's looking for your type of music and is going to appreciate that type of music? And also acknowledging the fact that, you know, like anything, like any sort of business, um, a lot of it, you're going to be benefited if you have a network of people that you know, that you trust, and you can you know, have referrals. That's just going to be a much easier way than reaching out to someone completely cold. That being said, if, if you're starting out, and you like everyone starts out in the same in the same way. You know, we don't necessarily have all of those connections or all those things starting out. So maybe it's just a matter of doing a bunch of research and making a big spreadsheet of all the different possible contacts that you could reach out to and reaching out to five a day and doing your research and writing a personalized message and making it um, as clear as possible, like, and easy, easy presenting in a way where it's like, it's all focused on benefiting them and is exactly what they're looking for, as opposed to just, you know, not really giving people details and it being a little bit more vague and being a little bit more me, me, me as opposed to really doing your research and focusing on them. Yeah, th that's it. It's not about you. Of course, of course it's about you because you it's it's your music and you're sending it. So then you don't need it to be any more about you. It's about the person you're sending it to. What is going to benefit them by listening to your music and make that very clear and make it easy too. I mean, there's just some technical things. I 2 days ago somebody sent me cold a WeTransfer link. 
I don't want a WeTransfer link. Now you're going to make me download the music and open it up in iTunes or whatever. So that means I can't do it on my phone easily because it's going to be a zip file that then I have to unpack it and then listen to it. I'm not going to listen. It's not going to happen. Now, if, if it's someone we're already working with and they're delivering content to us, that's, it's a fine you know, delivery platform. But as a, as a cold pitch, make it streaming. You know, SoundCloud's a great option. There are other options, but you know, it's got to be easy. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So not including the file as an attachment, not including no. as a WeTransfer link, just making it like as streamlined as possible and just thinking about the person on the receiving end. How can we make this as as straightforward and easy and beneficial to them as possible? And that seems just like a, you know, I've interviewed a, a lot of amazing people now and fundamentally like success in all these different domains is focused on that one principle of less about me, 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 and more about like folks, how can I contribute? How can I um, frame this in a way that really benefits the other person as much as possible? And, you know, it's almost kind of counterintuitive that you, that the best way that you can get the most value for yourself is by turning outward and really focusing on providing value for other people. Yeah, that's right. Cool. And, and nice. that's not, that's not unique to music, by the way. I mean, if you look at mm -hmm. any kind of advertising or any kind of marketing, you know, it's, it's how, how does this make me feel if I use this product, right? Like, you know, makeup it is going to make me feel beautiful and make me feel more confident or Coca-Cola. It's going to make me happy. And so all of these, uh, you know, when you watch the commercials, everyone's smiling and laughing when they're drinking a Coke, right? And so then I think if I'm going to go, if I buy a Coke, maybe I'm going to be a little happier. And then when I drink the Coke, I'm a little happier because I remember the commercial. And hey, it tastes good and it's a little sugary, so it's good. So it's the same thing. It's not, Coke isn't coming out and say, please buy Coke. We really want you to buy Coke. You know, <laughs> it would it'd be so great if you supported Coke right now. It's, it's you know, we're, we're, look how much we're giving you if you buy a Coke. We're giving you all this joy and happiness. So it's the same, it's the same concept. And, and that, that needs to come from your music too. And your pitch so about your music. So good, yeah. So, um. You know, one, one question, one question that I have is in terms of that in particular, like providing the most value for, for you guys and for music supervisors, I'm sure there's common patterns or certain like needs that the music, like the vibe of the music and the energy that you're kind of looking for. And, and maybe there's like a supply and demand thing, where maybe there's certain types that are that are like are that are important. But um, have you? What are some of the biggest patterns that you've seen? If like if someone listening to this right now is you know interested in writing music that has huge sync potential, what are what are some pointers in terms of like the vibe of of the songs? I sort of boil everything down to the the energy and the attitude, and fundamentally, just understanding why video creators need music in their productions it is to help move the picture along that's the reason so what moves picture along is something with forward moving energy and that can be you know intense forward moving energy it can be subtle forward moving energy but it's something that's moving along if you're listening to music and you feel this sort of laid back vibe that's like sort of you're just chilled out in your seat there are less opportunities for that than if when you're listening to the music, you feel it's sort of pulling you along. And there are technical ways to do that, you know, you, syncopated rhythms and, you know, marching beats and those kinds of things. But, you know, really it doesn't come down to a specific genre um, or production style or anything. It's just what, what is that energy and what is that vibe? Then the other side is, is attitude. 
and there are certain kinds of attitudes that just there's just a lot of opportunity for so you know a a badass swagger cool sassy um you know confident and i sort of put those all in the same general camp uh those there are huge amount of opportunities for that all over the place and then the other attitude is fun feel good party appeals to a wide audience you know family friendly that kind of a thing but puts a smile on your face basically celebratory all you know it's 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 however many keywords and descriptors you can think of but like that fits pretty squarely in another bucket and then there's one other bucket and that's inspirational and anthemic um, emotional tugs at the heartstring, that kind of a thing. Yes, there are exceptions to every rule, of course, but that's we we sort of trickled it all down to to those three basic camps, and that can be any time period. It can be any genre of music. It can be anything. It it, it really doesn't matter. It's just does it fit squarely into one of those um, camps or does it actually even combine some of those and, and that's that's when you just have a sink hit hey what's going on guys so super quick intermission from the podcast to tell you about a special bonus that we've created for you so basically we're taking everything that keatley has learned through 47 million dollars in sync placements working with Apple, Nintendo, BMW, and all these different uh, companies, and to crystallize it into a free workshop for you. And essentially what we're doing right now at this moment, to give you a bit of a sneak peek, is that we're creating a beta launch for a new course that eventually um, is something that we're going to be able to to offer to musicians because it's gonna be super valuable, but uh, even probably more valuable in the short term is that we're gonna be doing this as part of an interactive beta launch. And so we're looking for a few artists to mentor as part of that initial group. And so if that sounds like something you'd be interested in being a part of, then if you click on the link in the description, then there's going to be a workshop you can sign up for. It's gonna be interactive, it's gonna be amazing. So go ahead and sign up for that workshop right now and let's get back to the podcast. Then we've got a couple of these where, you know, it does have this feel good vibe. It's got these feel good horns, but it's got this, you know, really cool, uh, badass trap production, let's say. And so you feel cool when you're listening to it because it's got this hip hop backbeat, but it's also got these fun horns on the drop. And, you know, a couple of these songs we've licensed 30, 30, 40 times, individual songs for big commercials, Apple ads and trailers and all kinds of stuff. And these aren't massive household names. Um, it just has the right element. And then lyrically, it, it's got a universal message. That's a really important thing too, is have a universal message with your lyrics. You get too specific and it um, it, it pigeonholes the, the song. So if you're talking about your dog named Spot versus just your best friend, you know, you're going to have a lot more opportunities talking about your best friend. You might write a song about your dog and it's your best friend, but, you know, rather make it more universal than than specific. Awesome. Yeah, lots of really good stuff there. You know, and like you said, there's always exceptions to the rules, but like there's patterns, right? And the same things come up Mm -hmm. again and again. And you have a lot of a lot of experience seeing what the need is for the people who are using these songs. And they're typically trying to present, they're trying to move forward the story. And and so having like a forward driven uh, progression that kind of pulls you in is really important. And specifically in terms of like the attitudes 
of the songs. And like, it's funny, as you were describing these, like there's tons of like examples, like kind of pulling up, like when you're, t- when you're talking about like the the swagger and the confidence, and it just kind of makes you like, you know, it, the, the confidence of it, like like Uptown Funk, for example, is like the first one. So our two-year-old son is like, whenever we play that song, he'll get up, yeah. he'll like, you know, start like grooving around and, and it, it has that, that, that vibe to it. And so, up, and so it, Uptown Funk is a great example of feel good, but also cool and confident. So it actually it actually ticks off both of those boxes, and that's why that was such a massive sync hit for sure. And um, Imagine Dragons is is pretty square in the you know badass swagger vibe, but you know they they own that vibe. And they and if you break down why that works really well, they have the hip hop production style with the rock vocals and and that you know stomp clap um, kind of production, and you combine that together and. It's, I, I'm always surprised still that the stomp clap thing goes so much, but I, it's that's been going strong for 15 plus years. I mean, probably mm. longer than that, but I mean, we still we still do really well with that kind of music. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it is. It has that like anthemic feel to it for sure. Especially Imagine Dragons and and like another stomp clap. I'm thinking of like Queen, like We Will Rock You. You imagine? Oh the yeah, well, that was like, the original. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, cool. So like, so like the confidence swagger, um, kind of up, it makes you feel, feel good. And just like, like have a bit of that, that confidence is a good, a good vibe. And then just like in general, just feel, feel good, like family friendly, like celebratory is a good vibe. And then, uh, the third one was, you said like what anthemic and makes you feel like, what, what, could you describe that third one a little bit more? Yeah, you know, think of Sigur Ross or think of um, Bon Iver or think of, uh, you know, the alt folk stuff where it's this really strong emotional, it still like moves you along, you know, it still has this energy that that moves, it's, it's tugs at the heartstrings is a, is a good way to think about it. And, and there, you know, there are all kinds of different styles, it could be orchestral and, and related to like a, a, a trailer, or it could be this folk Thing, or, or it could be a singer-songwriter, uh, you know, type of sound, or it could be a piano vocal, you know, these, these kinds of things too. But, but what do they all have in common is this emotional grab, you know, it's sort of like it, it, it puts you in this emotional space. And that might be an inspirational emotion. You know, I say the anthemic side of things, because it's that, it's that ultimate inspiration moment, because you, it usually starts off kind of slow and then builds to this massive crescendo. And it, it's what is the feeling that this music is imparting on you? And, you know, that's another thing to think about when you're, you know, want to create music for sync or, or, or just assess whether your music is, um, has a lot of opportunities for sync is, is the emotion that your music gives to people, is that um, a common emotion that a filmmaker or a producer, a visual media producer um, needs to impart on, on the audience? Because that's the point of the music is it's a, it's an emotional creator. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting too that as you describe that, um, I get like I'm 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 feeling the feelings that the music imparts, and I think a lot of people listening to this maybe can have that same they can relate with that where there's like because the music, I mean, that's what music is and what it does. It, it generates, you know, it helps us get into and to to feel those emotions and speak, speaks to people in a way that a lot of times language just doesn't really um, go up to the task. And so it sounds like what you're saying is that really keeping in mind that success with, with sync 
really the end user is going to be the people who are creating these stories and the videos. And so specifically, they're looking for music that's going to resonate with the emotions that they're trying to instill in the viewer. And so therefore, you know, if you're going to have massive success in that, then you think about what are the emotions that people are looking to instill in the end and uh, watcher, the viewer of, of the content, and then gear content towards that so you can be as valuable as possible to, to the whole that's system. It. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, a lot of people will ask me, hey, what kind of music, what genres are you looking for right now? We're never looking for any genre. It's not about the genre. It's about the mood, the vibe, the emotion, the attitude, and then how any individual artist or, or, or you know creator configuration interprets that that's what's exciting. I mean, that's why that's, that's what gets me passionate about music still. Um, even though I've been doing this for a while is, is, is the, the different ideas that people have, you know, you, everyone's going to interpret that, um, concept of badass swagger cool in a different way. And like, and, you know, I was joking around the stomp clap thing before, because it's a little bit of an eye roll at this point, because it's how many ways can you, can you do that stomp clap thing? again you know because it's the same thing over and over again it works over and over again so it's like all right if you can get a different guitar tone or if your lyrics you know can be different or if you can you combine that with hip-hop that's pretty interesting you know so there are all these like different ways to interpret it but i'm waiting for someone to interpret that in a different way beastie boys did did badass swagger cool completely unique one of my favorite groups of all time you know and and imagine dragons kind of did it first you know in that and then a lot of people tried to copy that so that was really interesting when they came out but how can people do that attitude different eminem has done it you know jay-z kanye it's all the same thing it's all that same at least when you know on the on the male side it's this masculine uh you know energy when 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 women do it it's it's the uh you know confident you know sometimes it can lean more more sassy like you know uh, but it's all toward the same end. It's that it's that it's this very confident attitude. Mm, all about that base, no treble. That, that was yeah, yeah, for doing. sure, hundred percent. Same thing, exactly the same thing. Yeah, that was so good. That was like a mic drop moment. You hear all the time, like people, what genre? What genre? And it's like it's not about the genre. It's about the the mm. mood. It's about the vibe, the energy. That's so good. That's right. And, and I'll tell you, genre, no genre is the best genre. Where, where you where you hear and go wow what is that that's amazing someone just sent me a, a, an artist we're about to sign is doing live guitars over trap beats with kind of rock vocals and it's so interesting it's such a it, they, they figured out how to take a, a current trend and do something completely unique over it and it's amazing i love that Mm, that's that's awesome, and I think that's a really good kind of clue or pointer too as well in terms of I, I've heard a lot about this idea in terms of not just music but just like viral tendencies with like social media content and things that really go viral that reach the masses that they tend to have an element, a strong element of familiarity of what's kind of trending right now. So it's really like, you know, in line with the wave that's kind of cresting right now, but then it has an element of like a twist or unique um, kind of like divergence. So it sounds like what you just mentioned right there is like part of it was like, they have like this element of that familiarity and that current, but then it also kind of waves off the path in a way that's interesting, unique. And you're like, whoa, like that, that's kind of strikes me in a, in an interesting way. Music that can define a genre or create a new mm -hmm. genre is you, you, you struck gold. You found this, this, I don't know, new 
philosophy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's amazing. I love, that's what we're always hunting for. That's what everyone's hunting for. Everyone in the, I don't know, every, not every person in the world, of course, but it's new ideas. People want to hear new ideas. People want to hear a, a fresh interpretation of an emotion, of a, of a feeling, of a vibe. So not copycat stuff, um, really being, really being unique and interesting. Mm, that's awesome. It reminds me of, I think it was Chris Bradley was, was a friend that I was interviewing and, and she was like, you know, she hears again, like what people are looking for, what they're looking for is something that sounds like everything else, but it doesn't sound like everything else. <laughs> like, and yeah. so it sounds like it got that same kind of thing. Like the, it has, it resonates, it has that familiarity, but it also is something totally new, a new idea that strikes. Um, and one thing that came to mind is that it's kind of like, it's kind of like when two people have a baby, you know, it's like two people like have a baby and that baby, I think we might've talked about this um, briefly, like when, when we talked um, a week ago, but the baby comes out and it's, it has its own, its own energy and movements and it's going to be its, its own human being, but it's definitely going to have those genetics and it's going to have those pieces of the father and the mother. So maybe one you know, way to think about it for anyone who's listening to this right now and who's kind of wondering, like, how do I strike that? Like, how do I hit that? What, how do I create that typical content iceberg that's going to cut through the noise? And, and how can I um, reach as many people as possible? Maybe a good place to start is thinking about how can we combine two different things that haven't necessarily been combined, but are going to, they're going to mesh well together. So the baby that comes out of it is both something that's new, but is also born out of this, um, this this current wave yeah i mean look i think it's a great place to start it's all about experimenting i do think that is the uh, easiest way or the best way to to um be unique and and uh, stand apart from the noise but that said if you do folk music incredibly well you know more a, a traditional kind of folk music and you just are the best of the best you know, there, there's a market for that and there's an audience for that, of course. Um, I think the alt folk movement has been really interesting because it took a, a, a traditional sound and songwriting style and all of that and then added these, um, you know, more modern uh, alternative production elements to it. And then once you do that, that just opens up the door. You know, now you have an unlimited sound palette um, still rooted in this, this, this folk sound. Uh, electronic music, pop production, hip hop production, mixed with any kind of organic music is is very interesting. And also, again, just you have unlimited possibilities when you do that. And and uh, so you know you don't have to just take EDM and and do something with it. You can just take elements of oh that's a cool thing. Oh, there's a, a drop. Let's let's make a rock song with a drop. Cool, that's interesting. You know, or I hate drops. That's that's terrible. Fine, don't do that. But you know, uh, let, let's, let's take that hip hop backbeat and, and try to do something with that. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think nothing's unique today. There's, there's so much music that has been created. Uh, you know, there's only so many notes and chords that, that you can play with. So it's how do you then um, mix it in? It's like cooking, right? Like most of the spices that are available are available, but it's the combination of those spices. It's how how long are you going to marinate the the meat? It's how long you're going to cook it. It's how are you going to cook it? Are you going to cook it in the oven or on the skillet? Or, you know, all, all these different things. It's really all toward the same thing. You're, you're you're making cooked chicken, but how many different kinds of chicken have you had? Uh, tons of. It's, it's always different. <laughs> when I I'm a terrible cook, so every time I make chicken, even if I make it the same way, it always tastes different. But it's um yeah, I think it's the same thing with music. That's so good. 
All right, man. Well, hey, this is it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten like goosebumps probably six or seven times. It's been like listening to <laughs> it's like a bunch of really good music on on repeat. Same kind of feelings. So thanks so much for taking the time to to be here and to share your experience, what you've learned with um, with everyone that's listening right now. It's awesome. Normally this would be the point where I would ask um, where can people go to uh, learn more from you or kind of connect more. And I guess we can still, we can still ask that in terms of like, you know, riptide music and, and things, but we also have kind of like a little ace up our sleeves up that, that I want to introduce here after as well. But for anyone that's listening to this right now, who's like uh, wants to learn more about riptide or wants to connect more with you, where would you recommend that people um, learn more? Sure. Yeah. So you can go to riptidemusic.com um, and, and um, check us out there. Uh, we're on Instagram at Riptide Music GRP. Uh, we're a Riptide Music Group. I'm at, uh, at Keatley Haldeman uh, on Instagram. And yeah. Cool. All right. Sounds great. So you can go check out riptidemusic.com and connect through there and through the normal social media platforms. And one thing that, that I'm really excited to introduce or to share with everyone that's listening right now is that Keatley and Modern Musician and my business partner, Luke, really have started developing a relationship and have started thinking about, you know, how can we, because, you know, Keatley has so much um, huge uh, wisdom and experience with this world and are working with, you know, some of the biggest businesses and uh, movie trailers and video games and essentially has a huge asset in terms of experience to be able to share with artists like you who are listening to this, who are basically like wondering how can we, you know, we're, we have this music in our DNA, we have it in our blood. How can we you know, express it and share it with as many people as possible? And sync is just a huge opportunity for a multitude of, of reasons. And so us with modern musician for a while, it's not really our main forte you know like what we focus on is how do you put your music in front of new fans to who are going to listen to it and develop an audience so that you can connect with you know people who are enjoying the music but you know the licensing world is such a huge opportunity in terms of you know one in terms of having a business and having a sustainable music career so you can invest more into it create better quality music reach even more people but that's something that to be honest like we just don't really have a whole lot of experience with that that's not really what we focused on it's not what i did with with my band Keatley, on the other hand, has a huge, an avalanche of experience. And so we've been talking about getting together and crystallizing it into more of a training, like a, a more in-depth training. You know, we've been able to go and cover some really good ground, I think, in this interview. But with more time, we can really flesh out uh, these gems that you've learned through probably tens of thousands of hours of experience now and sharing those with artists. So all that being said, um, right now, we're like at this moment, we're kind of crystallizing this and, and fleshing together this training for you guys. And what we'll do is um, in the link to this episode, if you click on the link in the description to go sign up for the workshop, then that's going to be like this conversation on steroids and fleshed out even more. That's going to be hugely valuable for you, specifically if you've been listening to this and you're like, wow, that's awesome. I want to learn more about the sync world and about how to do that successfully, then uh, go ahead and click on the link in the description to go sign up for that. And I'm really excited, dude. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be awesome. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Definitely. Cool. Well, again, man, thanks. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here today and to share what you've learned and looking forward to uh, doing this training coming up soon. Yeah, no, it was my pleasure. Really, really good to talk with you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing what I know and, and helping out as much as I possibly can. Hey, it's Michael here. 
I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.